We are rolling now. What, what, what? Counting us down. Yes, sir. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, books, spoken word, experiences, things that have built us up as people, and we hope that in sharing it, it builds you up. We are the retrospective that's introspective. Uh, I like it. We we were off last week, folks. Uh, we missed you very much, but I missed that intro. I didn't feel secure all week because I skipped a day, a day in my week where I'm supposed to come here and hear you do that. It grounds me. Yeah. That's that, like, that's my transcendental meditation. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That intro is like leg day at the gym, bro. <laughs> you know, really like... It's cool to do your core, but like you got to get them quads. You got to get them glutes, my dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Today we are joined by a really good friend of the show. You know him. You love him. Malik, how you doing? I feel like I feel like Alec Baldwin at Saturday Night Live, man. This is like, what, fourth time here, man? You Heck guys yeah. gotta, you get you get jackets when you, you get to number I'm five. That's what I'm saying. No, you guys need jackets, man. I need, I'm going to need those. I'm going to need those jackets, brother, man. Well, like, you know. Keep on coming back, and uh, maybe you'll get that jacket. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. It's really good to be here. I feel completely at home now. This is my introduction into the podcast world, being on this show. So it's like, and I've since created my own podcast. I've been on other podcasts, and none of that would be a thing if I didn't start here at, at missing out. So thank you guys so much for that. No, I really thank appreciate you for coming. That. That's that's very cool to hear. Let's yeah. Hey man, it's I always wanted to do this whole podcast thing. I wanted to do my own for a long time. I've wanted I like talking, as you can see. So <laughs> I've wanted to be on podcasts. So I never really you know, I didn't really dive in until I started coming on here. So, but see, now if I don't hear something like that every week, it's gonna be it's, like you, skip you, leg you, day you, thrice. Your complete validation system will be altered. <laughs> what, what? Where am I gonna go to feed my self worth? Yeah. It's fine. I'll 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 take care of it for you, Lex. Every week I'll be like blah blah blah. Thanks for joining, missing out. Oh man, I wouldn't be doing this podcast without Lex Michael. Uh, I'm Tari J, and you'll be like. I'm the Lex Michael he was talking about. It's hey, yeah, me. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what am I double dabbing here? What is no, this? It's, it's, <laughs> it's the thing that it doesn't matter. This is a not a visual media. So, um, <laughs> Malik, you yes. brought in uh, what we do in the shadows. Yes, the 2015 movie. It was a mockumentary, mockumentary. by Taika, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. Heck yeah! It's not Jermaine. It's Jermaine. 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 Jemaine, you guys remember the Flight of the Concords? Yes. Yes. Great, great show. And um, that kind of hit me onto them. And then I, you know, discovered and stumbled upon. Do you guys remember Stumble Upon? Yeah, but I don't know why. It was oh, like an like app. A... It was like an app that was, oh. allows you to like remix the internet and you just ra- it'll randomly take you to a random spot in the internet yeah. if you want. Okay. I thought you meant the phrase stumble upon. <laughs> and I was like, I think people still use that. Yeah, did we retire that phrase? Yeah. No, it's, no, it's an actual app, but I, I, neither here nor there. But <laughs> yeah, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. Yeah, what we do in the shadows. It's a great, great movie if you haven't seen it. Okay, so uh, can you, for the people at home who haven't yes. seen it, can you give us a short pitch? Why yes. should they check it out, bro? Why should they check it out? Um, because do you remember that time in pop culture where like everything was like vampires? 
I do. Yeah. It was a really specific time. It's like the Twilight you know I mean? moment. It was, the, it was like a Twilight moment. It was like, you know, you had True Blood on TV. You had the Vampire Diaries. You had uh, Twilight was in theaters. You know, everything was vampire. Like, that was really in. Um, and I look at what we do in the shadows as kind of like the answer to all of that. Because it is very much about vampires, but it's done in this the most like ridiculous kind of over the, like absurd way you could possibly think about. It. It's like how do you how do you take the um, fantasy of vampires and like inject like some of the most mundane uh, situations you can probably put them in, and uh, that that in itself is like a recipe for like one of the funniest movies I've seen in years. So uh, you should definitely check it out if you if you're tired of the vampire genre you should check it out because it 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 makes fun of everything that you're tired of um but if you are into vampires it's also like a super fresh kind of take on the entire genre and it's it's just really funny man and it's taika waititi at his finest uh if you enjoyed thor ragnarok then i think you would uh it'd be interesting to kind of see some of the roots because i feel like that movie was uh very instrumental in getting him that job yeah. So it's uh it'll be it's super interesting for the for the movie buffs out there to just kind of see the roots where that came from and like the roots of some of the comedy you see in Thor Ragnarok is definitely super evident in what we do in the shadows. Yeah. And I would uh expand upon that like even if so if you're uh tired of it, yes, but if you love vampire stuff, it really like plays with those tropes yes. and like taps on things where you're, if you if you're in the know you're like ha ha ha, ha i get it because right. of like vampire lore right it also gave me my single favorite line that has ever come out of vampire What's fiction that? uh so they're talking about they do obviously it's mockumentary style so they're doing a lot of talk and head pieces a lot of interviews yeah and so there's a sequence with uh jemaine clement's character who's playing a, a an older vampire of course he they they stopped aging when they when they were turned but an older vampire he's been around he knows he knows the ropes better than anybody he's the least he's crazy big personality right but but a little bit more uh um Subdued. Subdued, right. Like less frantic in his yeah. vampireness. So he's sitting and he's very casually giving this interview and he's explaining to the interviewer why virgin blood is preferable. <laughs> and the line is, well, if you had a sandwich, you would enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. <laughs> I remember that. That's my favorite. It really yeah. is. I think that's my yeah. single favorite line that has ever come out of vampire yeah. vampire lore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes perfect sense. So the whole movie's like that, essentially. <laughs> I, I like my sandwiches pre-fucked. You like them pre-fucked? Yeah, pre-fucked. That's what I'm saying. That's He does, too. That's why it was. It, you prefer no one had already made love to the sandwich. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I prefer my sandwiches post having been su- fucked. Yeah, oh, yeah. so post, like, that's post-fucked, right? Well, yeah. Pre-fucked, like, as in it's been fucked before it got to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. okay. Not unfucked. Okay, so you don't mind if it's been fucked. Like you, when I do, you prefer like, it be fucked. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, when yeah. I when I post made some food, dude shows up. I'm like, you fuck this. <laughs> if you didn't fuck this, take, take get, it go back. back to your car right now. <laughs> Zero stars. Get it out no of the tip. box. Fuck it, and then come back. He's like, you only gave me ten percent. I only fuck for twenty percent, bitch. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I believe everyone at the table had seen it before, right? Yes. Like this was no one's first time watching i hadn't seen it in in a few years like, i was very glad for an excuse to revisit my, it it's my yeah. go-to whenever i'm like hanging out with a girl and it's like should we watch a movie it's always what we do in the shadows <laughs> literally like the last like three times i've done that 
spend like what we do in the shadows and then you start laying down towels and newspaper, <laughs> and, newspaper and stuff and she's like no it's, it's funny though i do uh, that scene is very interesting because there's a scene where uh you know he brings over a human woman uh to eventually murder her uh to suck her blood and things like that and it's always a very good that that scene is always a good gauge of like how cool the girl is that you're hanging out with because if they laugh at that scene you're probably gonna like have a like a cool time a fun time <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like sometimes they're just like oh why'd you show me that you know but because <laughs> you only play that scene because that's the so scene you start with <laughs> yeah you're you're like you want to watch a movie and you like fast forward, <laughs> fast through forward it. It. You're like, she's like what's all, all right. that stuff before you're like don't worry about no, that yeah it's not important oh. i just i'm just it's a test you gonna pass? I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, but no, great movie, great, great entry into the mockumentary pantheon, which is not that extensive because I've, you know, I did, I've done my research working on this show that I've done. So yeah, I mean, in terms of big ones, right? I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Christopher Guest stuff. Mm-hmm. Most of his movies, you know, like uh, Sp- Rob Reiner directed Spinal Tap, but I also partially Are we talking about that uh, Best in Show. Uh, yeah, Best in Show, and uh, you know, Waiting for Guffman. Yeah, and. Uh, there are there are other uh, mighty wind isn't gaelic uh mockumentary that that the one that uh woody allen did a very long time ago oh zelig zelig yeah i don't think isn't zelig i don't remember zelig very well i, I think, think he's might. done a mockumentary maybe. before though right like that seems like woody allen's maybe that seems like his mo right i've never i Please don't, don't yeah don't, don't know. quote me we don't talk about woody allen oh. in this house oh, so. okay my yeah, bad yeah. My unless bad. it's about sex with your <laughs> The step kids. Yeah. Fair enough. So anyway, uh, the uh, <laughs> the office, obviously, that's another one. The office, that's yeah, there we go. Hard. The Bring office it back. Is, uh, yep. Uh, for a minute, Parks and Rec was doing it a little more. Modern Family. Modern Family for sure. Yes. Um. Yeah, they got out of that a little bit though. Modern yeah, Family. It's they decided. Uh, I feel like both, like Modern Family and, Parks, uh, and Parks and Rec, decided they're like, nah, we're more of a character thing, and the camera stuff is just secondary mm-hmm. um and the office felt it had to make up the difference by literally making the crew part of the storyline right the seasons yeah so i mean what about mockumentaries really catches your interest mockumentary uh what jumps out to me is just like how excessive it is and to produce it's very it's very easy to produce okay in my opinion because I feel like life itself, and this is going to sound like like super pretentious, but like life itself is like the best like writer of comedy, drama, and all that kind of stuff. So it's like documentary has this super uh, beneficial quality of of coming from a of, a of a real place, and like mockumentary is like a way to just kind of like ride that wave without being as 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 uh as literal right as a documentary is you know what i mean i just feel like it's so easy and it's 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 just one of those things where it's like it's easy to get a really funny scene out of like a mockumentary situation because you're just leaving people to them to to be themselves and they don't have to feel the pressures of like memorizing lines and 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 being a character and things like that and i just think there's just so much it's just so ripe for for storytelling and i just think it's a really easy way to like I don't know. It's a really easy way to tell a, a a really funny story. Yeah, you know what I mean. I can't like it's. It seems a lot easier than uh, writing something funny and having it. You know what I mean. I I love watching things play out as real as they possibly can be, mm-hmm. and I feel like mockumentaries 
are 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 ways to do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a stupid plebe question. Yeah. Um, how do mockumentary scripts work? Well, I can only tell you how I did mine. I mean, like mockumentary scripts. I would imagine that a script is still written for mockumentaries, but it's more about the conversation about the script than the actual lines of the script. Right. It's about priming the actors. It's like, okay, here we're in a situation where we're talking about a dog show. You know what I mean? You have the pug. She has the Great Dane. You need to talk about why you think your pug is going to win over this Great Dane. And it's like action. You know what I mean? And then the script might just read dog show. This character has the pug. This character has the Great Dane. But the actual lines won't necessarily be right. in there. You know what I mean? Okay, so it's, so it's like, like how they do like right. Curb Your Enthusiasm. And, or, like Curb Your Enthusiasm. And that's, yeah. and that's, what that, that's what I mean about how ex, how excessive, how much access we have to this, how easy it is to produce this kind of thing. Because it's so free form and it's so like, you know, there are certain things that you have to be like mindful of. Like I'm sure that there was a lot of planning that went into the stage sets at Spinal Tap and like all their musical uh, performances and stuff like that but like at the end of the day like they just i'm sure that they just got to riff as like being those characters and it's just like i think that's where good acting will come out too is when you give when you get an actor who's just like just like how do, how do you think this character would think like what are some of the things that they you know what i mean and you give them the room and the freedom to do that and it's somebody that's actually like good enough to do that i think you, it, it's a recipe for some really funny stuff like some of the funniest things have like never been written They've just been kind of thought about. And, right. And, you know, that's why I think the benefit of mockumentary is like, that's where I think it comes from. Right. And the what we do in the shadows is a great example because you're taking this larger than life premise. Here's a mm-hmm. bunch of vampires, werewolves, uh, right. you know. Uh, but like you said earlier, heavily focused on the mundanity of their day-to-day existence. And right. they're creating these very big characters and big personalities. But because they are riffing so much within these scenarios, it creates a certain naturalistic feeling. Mm-hmm. And because they're using a documentary form, one of the great things I feel about mockumentaries is that it's obviously it's all fictional, but there is this immediacy to it that you, right. don't, you don't get in a standard narrative format there's an immediacy that yeah that you when you when you when you're looking at it it doesn't look staged doesn't look planned out you know what i mean if if you were doing a traditional comedy you guys have to sit down and like block stuff and like you know what i mean rehearse and things like that but sometimes it's better to just turn the camera on which is what documentaries are like when you're when you're doing a documentary i, I learned in in film school that like the best thing you can do when you're making a documentary is just press record have your camera always recording just record stuff like don't wait for moments to happen just you know just make sure that there's always a camera on so that when you when something does happen all you're focusing on is getting the right angle for it versus where's the camera how do we get this you know what i mean and that's what mockumentaries do but you know with comedy and with things like you know what i mean crazy situations it's 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 really cool it's really cool yeah and it's just you know me being a director and me being like an aspiring auteur this is this genre has been the earliest one of the first ones that has kind of just like accepted me in and just like it's really been a good kind of ground for me to like flex other muscles creatively and just kind of like figure out how to get into the uh larger stuff like narrative and you know writing and actual stuff like that and and like you said before it's a really accessible form you right. don't need two million dollars to make a exactly. mockumentary you just need a camera you might need a location or two and then right. a couple of friends you trust to be able to improvise a little bit and yeah, you can go no. and you can make it and you can tell a story that way and it can go you know there's a um there's a show that in um so 
what we do in the shadows was like the direct inspiration for the people's collective show um but another one is this canadian show called letter kenny which is uh started by this dude whose name is like escaping me right now but uh it's a show that started on youtube and it was just about him and his friends talking in front of the camera about the kind of stuff that goes on in their small canadian town of like a thousand people yeah and you know people in that town started watching the youtube videos it snowballed into this thing and now it's a it's a half hour tv show on crave tv which is like canadian crackle okay so and it you know it was one of those organic things where it was just like it was just me my boy our cameras and we were just talking to the camera about stuff and it turned into this larger thing where there now there are more characters and there's a, a world and they're talking to the camera less but it's something that was birthed from this very accessible super like non-high maintenance way to, to to tell this story so it's you know i think it's one of the easy it, when, when, you, when you're at the beginning of your creative journey i feel like you shouldn't ignore the mockumentary because it's a really good way to start to jumpstart a lot of your storytelling habits yeah um, I think that this is a good time to drop down the spoiler wall. Yeah. Um, in case you haven't seen it and you're like, I don't want to know anything about what well, we even doing int- I didn't, Yeah, I kind of didn't even set up what I'm here to talk about yet. I'm here to talk about The People's Collective, my mockumentary series, the show that... Um, that I that we that I've been doing that I've been kind of speaking on every ever since I've been coming here. So yeah, that's what. Uh, if you haven't seen it, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> um, so yeah, you've you've heard all of us talk about why it's great. Check it out. Um, you can find it on the internet on a multitude of streaming platforms. If you weren't sold based on that sandwich line alone. I don't know, man. I don't know if we can if we can jam together. Yeah, I saw it on Amazon Prime. Same. Um, and it's it's just so funny. It's the best. Yeah, and it's it's super cheap to rent. Um, it's also not a massive time commitment. It's just like an hour twenty. Right. Yeah, and it's it's funny, man. It's funny. It makes me interested to see what he comes up with next. I'm a big Taiko Waititi fan. I watched his TED talk on creativity the other day. It was great. Uh, did you guys see, because here you, obviously, uh, he was the director of Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. where these two converge. Have you guys seen the Team Thor shorts, the mockumentary shorts that he did yes. before Ragnarok? Like trying did to, Taika direct those? I believe so, yeah. Oh, wow. Trying to just establish, like, where was Thor during Civil War? And mm-hmm. he's yeah. in, it looks like he's in New Zealand with a roommate named Daryl and just messing around. They, like, really established the persona that Thor Thor has from Ragnarok forward in those I do remember shorts. those yeah I'm pretty sure they're on YouTube and that makes sense that Taika would have something to do with those that makes perfect sense yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so now that we've allowed you time to <laughs> switch this off to watch the movie and come back yeah. we assume you've already watched it and, and, and are ready to talk spoilers I want to talk about the specific character types yeah. that we have um because it kind of runs the full gamut of uh, of vampire archetypes. We have a Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, Bram Stoker's type uh, in Vlad, played by Jemaine Clement. Yeah, then we um, have the dandy kind of... Yeah, so like the interview with a vampire type yeah. vampire. 
Um, we have a like Lost Boys type vampire. In, is that the newest one? Is that the? I would say it's the second to newest. The 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 dude who wears like the. the oh yeah, the yeah, one yeah. who's like the young vampire. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, and then I would say the newest one is uh very much like the Twilight type. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the more human than vampire kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I like that we get that full representation of like the vampire genre. Right. Um, I hear that in the, uh, series, they like push it even further in including every iteration of vampire that has been in media, like social vampires and other kind of things like Tilda Swinton. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Is she Um, in it? She, they, there's a, there's an episode that is, that is recent where they, they pull a lot of. They they throw a lot at you. I'll put it that way. Interesting. I gotta go back and I gotta watch. It. I gotta. Ch- I actually haven't seen. I've read about it because people that's have been talking thing, about man. it a yeah. lot. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing because if you look at the whole story of like what Jermaine and Taika were trying to do with this, you can trace it back to a YouTube video that they put out of of what would become what we do in the shadows. And it I've seen I've seen the YouTube short that they put out, which was like a cheaper version of the of the feature film. I've seen their their Kickstarter pitch of of, of them trying to get the movie to premiere in the United States in different theaters. And then I've seen it evolve into what it is now, which is this TV show on FX. So it's like it's really cool to watch the inception of an idea and see how the creators can take it literally through every incarnation of of of, of being able to show it possible right. and just and and holding on to the idea long enough like this like they've gone through like a, a full season like full two seasons of a TV show a blockbuster film all while holding on to this idea trying to to get it to you know as many eyes as possible and it's like you'd think they'd stop at the movie but it's like no that was that premiered in New Zealand like no one in the United States knows about this movie you know what i mean so it's like we want to show it out here and it's like now that you know they did that let's turn it into a tv show for the for for american audiences and right it's like i love being able to see how an idea can just be remolded and and after decades because people don't you know starting out making stuff you don't spend that much time with your ip that you don't spend 10 years with your ip you can't think that long you know what i mean right. like i've been doing this show for like six months and i'm bored with it so it's like <laughs> you know what you I mean? mean this show the one that you're on right yes, now missing out yes. no i'm talking yeah. about my show uh, people's collective so it's like yeah like you really have to sit with stuff and it's like if you really want it to like get to as many people as possible you have to you got to sit with it for years and yeah. it's like you i know, mean and you you were talking about too uh the, the idea of taking your idea when you're not as well established as you hope to be right taking this kernel of an idea and turning it into a full-on intellectual property right because what we do in the shadows was one movie and now it is a very recognizable ip and they've effectively franchised it right they have the movie that most people have heard of if they haven't seen it uh they have the tv series if i recall correctly they're developing a separate series about the two police officers that are investigating yep. all these supernatural things and taika waititi's been talking for a while about the planned sequel which is going to apparently it's going to be called werewolves like we are oh, wolves. like, like we are wolves yeah, but wolves. it also sounds like werewolves with werewolves. a with a new zealand accent yeah, oh, that's it. great. The, it's hilarious. Yes, can you say it again? Werewolves. Werewolves. I get it. Werewolves. Werewolves. This is it's like, just we are wolves. Y- we are y'all wolves. ready? Forty-five minutes of this. Just yeah, yeah. We- werewolves. Here, here, let me try. Werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do it? Do I do yeah, it? Yeah, right? you got it. You Thank got you. it. Uh, Taika Waititi's here to discuss his new film, We Are Wolves. 
Hey. Back in a minute. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, it's me. No, it's great. Take away TT. Hey, man. <laughs> um, but more like a freaky circle. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that like part of it becoming it this big IP is that in the hour and 20 minutes that they had, they managed to do so much world building. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so like there's so much to explore just in the world that's like right outside their small apartment. Right. Um, because we we have um, the whole werewolf society. We have a, an annual gathering of, of all ghouls, these different yeah. like. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that that is a lot of what carries it through to all these other properties is that like they manage to make us invest in this world and they make it's so expansive even though you don't see a lot of it agreed yeah yeah um, <laughs> cool guys thank it's you a, it's it's a, a very yeah. very agreeable day right we yeah. don't have any conflict we just no qualms no. everybody's just <laughs> no chilling. concerns yeah, it's mother's day you know it's, it's a beautiful fun. it's a beautiful sunday it is. Are we allowed to reveal when we record this? Oh, yeah, my bad. Sure. I guess. Why not? Spoilers for hey, Missing Out Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. We're recording this on Mother's Day. Uh, <laughs> happy belated Mother's Day t- yeah. to all you moms out there. And all you future moms. Wink. Hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> wink. Don't go to Georgia. Wink. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah, Mother's Day is mandatory down there. Oh, <laughs> 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 <sighs> and if you're listening from Georgia, sorry. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I, I mean, I love you. We don't there's, the still, there's still time. You can run. <laughs> you can run. I know. Call your, call, call your congressman. Uh, talk to your senators like, you know, there's still work to be done, yo. Uh, Jordan Peele is putting his salary towards fighting it. So, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why don't you guys also uh, hashtag resist? Yeah, um, why don't you also put Jordan Peele's money towards fighting it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that <laughs> When he were, says he's putting his money towards fighting it, what does that mean? Like all of his money? I don't know, dude. I'm not him. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think it's the, whatever project he's working on right now. I think he's going to take his salary from that. And oh, okay. Put it towards it. Yeah, because oh, okay. he's already rich. So he's yeah. just like, this is just icing on top. Like, it's like when you already have an iced cake and you're like, you want to put some whipped cream on it. It's like, hell not. It's too much sugar. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Put that whipped cream in Georgia. Um, <laughs> what? All right. <laughs> it makes sense. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Um, but yeah, so... Um, just if, if anyone is unfamiliar with the premise of this movie, um, four vampires are living in a flat together, mm-hmm. um, trying to do their daily routine and of still like be vampires. Chores. Yeah. Uh, they get up at 6 p.m. and, and enjoy the, the evening times. And some one of them is looking for love. One of them is just like living his sweet vampire life. Um, and another one is using a lady as an intern. Um yeah, they eventually turn another guy who ends up living with them, uh, and he's kind of a, a poop about being a vampire, and mm. that he keeps telling everyone and gets one of their roommates killed. Yes. Um, That's funny. Nick the vampire. Yeah. Yeah, and he he's announcing that he's a vampire, and then of course a vampire That's hunter like, is able to really? find them. And just like it's like that's going back to like the scripts and stuff like that. It's like yeah. you can tell that like Taika was just like, okay, you're a vampire. You're a vampire hunter. I just want you guys to be talking in the club just about that. Like, you can tell that there was no, like, actual, here's your line. 
here's your line and it just feels so natural because they're just in you know they're in a club setting and he's drinking and he's like yeah man like i'm a vampire and the dude's like oh really like i'm a vampire hunter bro and in the way that they're saying it you think it's just like in passing like they're just joking right but then it's an actual like that's actual plot that's actual exposition you're getting Mm -hmm. there like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's like that's it's really it's you know it's it just comes at me a lot easier than having to construct a full script for people to memorize and be off book. And it's like, all right, you're the, you know, this is your cue to say your line when he's like, I'm a, you know what I mean? It just seems, I don't know. It's, it's a lot easier. Right. It's just fine. It's <laughs> a lot a, easier. Here's the general structure within this structure. You got to find a way to slip in this piece of information and this piece of information. And that's it. Go three takes. Mm-hmm. Like, And so of course, yeah, the vampire hunter, being turned on to the, their existence and their location and ends up uh, burning our poor Nosferatu vampire right. to death. Yeah. And I liked that Nosferatu vampire. Yeah, it was. He was, was so keen. He was on, responsible for turning the guy, for yeah. turning the younger guy. That was like his whole jam. He's like, hey, you want to be a vampire? He's like a, he's like a, a pyramid scheme dude. Yeah. He's like, like he just approaches and he's like, I'm going to make you a vampire. He was the oldest of them all, right? He's like yeah. a thousand years old. He's right? like 8,000 years. Yeah. 8, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. And so you had mentioned that uh, you've been keeping track of the, the life of this project mm-hmm. from its like proof of concept, which was the short video mm-hmm. to it's now like international IP mm-hmm. and I know and as Lex had mentioned you wanted to talk about um, like creating content yeah. even if you're like lesser known and and just getting it out there yeah and so I feel like you guys in the people's collective are doing somewhat of the same thing and that yeah. like you're making this proof of concept and showing showcasing like your abilities as filmmakers yes um, and and so like I know that the the we've talked about that the, the ends to that, the ends of that means are to like, you know, come together and, and create really great content mm-hmm. for people. Yes. Um, as a collective, right. The people's collective. collective yes. I get it now. <laughs> the ti- it's all in the title. Yeah. It really writes it's, itself. It's really clever. Um, but yeah, can you, can you st- speak a little bit more about that? Like about your process in terms of when you guys created your mockumentary yes. and how that ho- got started? Okay. Uh, Lex and I used to work for a company. Uh, we did. We did. That's where I know him from. It was a production company. It was probably the best job I've ever had. I'm pretty Although, sure it's probably the best job any of us have had <laughs> or will have. I, 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 I don't want to say will because who, who knows how this story will end. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. But, um, you know, we I lost that job in October. They let us all go at once. Right. And two things happened that day. I called my mother and I told my mother what happened because she gets the information first and foremost. Happy Mother's Day. Um, oh, and then I, I she's called... Listening. Actually, she's not. I called, <laughs> I called uh, EQ. I called EQ, friend, my friend EQ, and I was like, yo, they just fired us all. Like, what are we going to do? And he was like, man, like, come. You should just come bring your camera and come to this Halloween party that, I, that I've been invited to tomorrow. We're going to uh, there's a couple of performances going on in the backyard. We're going to cover the event. And the person who threw the party is going to, like, you know, pay us to make it like a little like 60 second like kind of just event coverage video for their IG page, right? So I get my camera and we're next day we're at this party in Bar in Burbank and like we're recording and all this stuff happens and that was the day I met Drake. Um that was the day I met Drake Cummings and um 
I had already known Nightmare. Nightmare was with us that day too. So the four of us are just at this party. We're recording and stuff like that. And um, Drake forgot his wallet that day. So he had to drive all the way back to Van Nuys to get to look for his wallet to come back to the party. And by the time he came back to the party, we had already been like in the back, just kind of doing stuff. And he gets into it with you know, one of the guests at the party and they end up getting into a little altercation and he gets pushed to the ground and he comes back and he tells us and it turns into one of those little situations where like everything, it's like brinkmanship. Everything gets close to the point of getting out of control and then it all just kind of like fizzles out. You know what I mean? People start to come to their senses. The Ubers show up and everything kind of de-escalates. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, that whole night everybody got kind of riled up and we were driving to Denny's after the fact and nightmare of all people was like, yo, like we should do, we should do a show about the shit that we just went through. And it was a very random thought because Nightmare One doesn't talk a lot, and two, um, just out of nowhere he was like, "Yeah, man, like we should just do like this mockumentary series because tonight was crazy and like I feel like it would be dope to like show like the kind of shit that we go through, like doing shit like this." Yeah, and it was I was so random. It was like the most I'd ever heard him talk. <laughs> in a while and that's and, a, um, that's a running bit in the show it's right? a running bit in the show yeah. so so we're at denny's at this point and i had just watched what we do in the shadows mm-hmm. like literally like two or three days beforehand so the mockumentary genre and just like how to do things was like fresh in my brain and mm-hmm. i was just like all we need to do is like get a couple of talking heads and then figure out but then i started to think about like i don't want to do this if it's just people talking to the camera like i want to be able to find situations that i can like recreate and like actually show us like doing stuff so there was an opportunity to go to a second halloween party the following week and it was just on some like invitation shit like we weren't there to like record anything or anything like that but they were my friends so i asked them uh ryan and leilani they have a place called the gem den which is downtown by usc i asked them if i could bring cameras there and basically use their Halloween party as the backdrop for this first one. Mm-hmm. And what we did when we went there was we just were like, we, I went with uh, Drake EQ. We had Matt Smith come with us on camera. And then what we did at the second Halloween party was we basically had a completely like art directed like Halloween party to use. And we recreated the events of the first party mm-hmm. at the second one. So I was basically just like riding the wave of the party and just like, you know, you taking little moments in time when like people like aren't on stage or like doing anything to like just recreate the situation. So we had this actor like play the guy that like punches Drake in the face. And like, mm-hmm. so what you see in that first episode of, of the people's collective is a re is a, is an exact like recreation of what we, ex- what we actually went through. And once I saw that, that, and being able to like recreate that and how it looked when I when I made the episode, once I saw that, it gave me incentive to just like keep going. And by that time, crazier things had started to happen to us in general. Like mm-hmm. somebody had pulled a gun out on EQ and Drake out in Hollywood. Crazy Tweaker just was you know off some shit, pulled a gun out on them, and we were dealing with you know clientele that weren't like super satisfied with the work that we did but communication was just always off and stuff like that so all this stuff started happening and so 
I started being like, yo, this show is like writing itself. And I literally only need opportunities to be able to minimally recreate some of these situations that we've been in and then just cover that with our characters talking about how we felt about those situations. And then there's the show. Right. And it just became this thing where it was just like I would set up this goal of like trying to get this scene shot. And it would happen, and then like it just kept happening. And then first, I would I would say like the first three months we've been doing this. I've been doing like we just released the show in uh, in April, and we've been working since October. So from October, November, December, those first three months were so easy. Like people were just excited to be there. Everybody had time. Then we went home. I went home for a little bit, and then I came back in the new year, and I tried to finish the season. That's when it became work because, like, the new year had came. People were, you know, getting new jobs, and right. there was just a, everybody had a, a, this effervescence for 2019, so nobody was really, like, trying to, like, do old shit. It was a lot harder to, like, you know, get people to stay for the entire day, and that's when it really started to be like, yo, like, if you really want to finish this, you have to, like you know, deal with all of the downs because it had just been three months of ups before it had just been like, yo, people are excited about it. It's going to be funny. It's going to be great. And then by the time the new year came around, we had really only had two episodes that were like done. So I had to like write and direct like three episodes if I wanted to commit to a five episode season, because back to what we beginning to start talking about, I wanted to go further than just creating a proof of concept because I feel like people like kind of stop there they're like here is a 10 minute version of what my show is going to be about like i had this much money to hire these actors for them and it's like if the show gets picked up we're not going to see those actors or anything like that so i was like how do i take that a step further and i was like here's the first season of the show that we're trying to do and it was like it became important to me to just like finish five solid episodes of like a, of decent arcs like I you know I didn't have a writer's room for this season so it's like I everything that happens to these characters is coming from like one brain but like I tried to like make it feel like it was especially after episode two because if you look at the first episode it's always like here's the here's one character here's the other character here's another character and here's the one thing that they're all going and that they're all dealing with episode two kind of starts to thread and like, you know what I mean? Like give individual characters their own, like, you know what I mean? Like I look at the character of Drake, for example, as like having the most like kind of arc in the series because he goes from being this kind of like mild mannered person to getting scared by the gun to this person that's like addicted to cocaine to this person that's like comes to this realization that he needs to step up and like be a better human being. So it's like, I, you know, and then I go through similar things with my job and you hear about like, you know, the place that I used to work and then like, so it, it, it really just snowballed into this beautiful thing that I would love to continue to grow. And I get all my inspiration from Taika Waititi and Clement and Jermaine. Um, I thank them every episode. They get a, they get a special thanks. Um, and it's just like, that gives me a lot of hope seeing that seeing shows like letter Kenny and like seeing how things can be incepted and in, in, in such a small thing. Cause nobody knows who we are right now. Like the last episode probably has like 64 views right now, but like, you know, it's, it's more important to me that it exists now. It's more important to me that it, like I have a checkpoint for like where I started. Yeah. And you know, it's now the goal becomes, you know, getting as many people to see it as possible and just, you, you know, being able to 
pour water on it in sunlight and just seeing how far we can take it, you know, seeing if there'll be a season two, there'll be a season three. A lot of people tell me in passing that like season three is going to be the season that like pops off for you guys. But, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to keep it going, man. You know, I would love my, my goal is to do a 10 episode season two yeah, and have, have us go different places. I want to open up in Vegas and I want to end in like New York city. So it's just like, there's a lot that I want to do, but there's still, um, there's still just, you know, no one knows who we are and like nothing, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of, you know, you know, cross bearing that we have to do on our part just yeah. to keep it, keep it going. Yeah. But you guys have already taken the first few massive steps, right? Because you can't get eyeballs on a product that doesn't exist. Right. And I, so yeah. You, right. So you have to put yourself through, you say like first three months were all ups, right? But then after that you had to maybe, you had, you had to go through it a little mm-hmm. bit more. And a lot of people, especially if they're just starting out, they don't have a ton of money. They can't or pay any every, money. Yeah. Right, they can't pay everybody to only prioritize that project. So yeah. you got to wrangle folks that way. But you push through that process and you get that first thing out there, right? And then you can figure out how to get eyes on it. Then you can figure out how far you want to take it because you're always going to have that process to go through. And right. the bigger the bigger the stuff gets, the more work it's going to be. And I feel like that gets to be, it, it does get to be very daunting. Hmm. And it can be very discouraging for a lot of people. But you guys took that first big step, right? You have your eye towards the future and different things you could potentially do with the project. Right. And Taika Waititi is a fantastic point of reference because like pie in the sky, right? What we do in the shadows, they took that concept, they got it out there themselves. And now it's a very successful IP that they're franchising. Exactly. But you have to put yourself through those steps. I guess what I'm saying, folks, if, if you're listening and you have an idea, right, you can't, there's no audience for something that doesn't exist. Right. So you have to go out there. You got to put in the work. You got to right. deal with the lows. You got to take the lows with the highs and push through. And let's speak on those lows for a little bit, just a little bit, because it's, it's a, people don't really focus on that stuff. You know, you don't see, you don't log on IG and see lows. You don't you don't, you know, follow somebody on social media and you rarely see their lows. Like you rarely see the negative shit that people go through. Like it's super exciting to come up with an idea that like gets a little bit of legs and a little bit of wings and it's like becomes just a little bit more than just wouldn't it be cool if. It's very it's it's a it's a rush. It's an it's a it's a just you know, it's an extremely like influx of endorphins when you come up with something that's cool and like other people are like yo that is cool and it starts to get a little traction that traction does not last especially if it's your idea alone because other people's lives will come in and it's like yeah that is cool but i got bills to pay so i don't i'm not gonna be sitting here trying to build this as hard as you want it to be built you know what i mean and it's like you have to go through that if you really want to see something realized you know what i mean and i experienced that with this show because i went from you know telling people about what i'm doing to avoiding saying anything because i knew that that was all i'd be talking about and people would just be getting annoyed with what i'm you know what i mean because every time they see me it's like oh i'm still working on the show and it's like you have to go through the spectrum of that like you have to go through the process of what you're talking about not entertaining anybody you have to get bored with your shit and you have to be able to be like because once you're once you're there and you're in that moment where it's like people don't fuck with what you're doing that's when you know it can work or not you know what i mean because it's like do i still fuck with it 
and you have to ask yourself those questions. And it's like, I was forced to ask myself those questions when it, when it was like, I couldn't get anybody to show up to be in it. You know what I mean? And, and there are so many times you can just be like, well, I guess it's, you know what I mean? But you, there's a choice where you keep going or there's a choice where you accept all of the, de- the continuing defeat in the form of people just not being gassed to do it and show up for it. So it's like, you have to go through that whole spectrum of stuff. If you, if this is just specifically like for creators, I'm sure as people, you know, there are a lot of listeners that like sit down and think about like, Oh, it'd be nice to write a book about something or it'd be nice to like do this, that and the third, but they don't really take it further than it would be nice to just know that if you step off that cliff of, it would be nice to, there's going to be a drop. There's going to be a drop of like uncertainty, your shit. You might make your shit and people don't like it. You might make your shit and one person is offended by a specific choice that you made in it. And it's like, but like at the end of the day, like if you want it made, and if you want it seen, you got to go through the spectrum of feelings for it, which yeah. is excitement, boredom, you know, like all types of shit, all that, all that stuff. And also not finding your audience right away does right. not automatically mean that there is no audience for it. That I mean, I, I'm sure on this show, I've said variations a, a bunch of times uh, of if you think it's a great idea, if it's an idea that you get excited by, that you think is hilarious, you're one person. But if you find it hilarious, if one person does, I guarantee globally, some, if there's yeah. if there's one, there's ten. If there's ten, there's a hundred. And if there's a hundred, I don't know that there's necessarily a limit. Now, nothing is going to appeal to everybody equally. But if you're genuinely hyped on the idea and you can execute it properly, other people will. If you can find that audience, even if the first few people you show it to that does nothing for them, right. doesn't necessarily mean it's for right. nobody. You just have to find them, but you have to be willing to commit and take solace in the fact that if you get super jazzed by this idea, there is an audience for it yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Anybody that's listening, right? Take a second. And like, if, if 10 people that are listening right now, right, let's say, let's hope we have more than 10 listeners. I hope we so. do. Yes. Yes. I, I'm comfortable saying I'm, I'm 10, saying yeah. that because I don't think I have 10 listeners on my show yet. So <laughs> like, cause that's, that's a real thing. So if 10 people like took a second and like, you know, watched what we do in the shadows and then watched the people's collective, you know what I mean? If one of those 10 people found like, like something that they could like relate to from my shit, I've done my job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've done my job. And it's like, I'm not trying to, um, I don't know, like, I'm not trying to hit anybody over the head with anything that they haven't experienced before, because I feel like a lot of the stuff that we're doing, we've had this conversation before, where it's like all the best stuff is already kind of (laughs) done, and however we feel about that. But like, you know, what I was trying to do, did we get to the part where I'm supposed to pitch this to you guys? (laughs) We are, I, yeah, you already pitched uh, back at the beginning. Did I? Yeah, I was like, bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, right now you're just like you're you're giving us a a talk about how to have realistic expectations. Realistic um, expectations, man. And I would I would piggyback off of that to say that like and because earlier you were like you know this might be just for creators, but I would say that like it works for it applies to anyone who's trying to accomplish any goal in that, like, yes, your energy for that goal. It's, it's the same thing with like new year's resolutions. Like your energy towards it is always going to be high at the very beginning. Yeah. But like you have to be willing to, um, 
to fight through the mundanity. Like anything that you try to do will always have its lows. Anything Mm -hmm. that you do is always going to be work. Like no matter how exciting it is and how how glorious it is. Yeah. Um, it will always be a certain amount of work. Like there's the phrase that like, bro, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day. And it's bullshit. That's because, bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. If, if you're doing what you love, you'll probably work harder. It just won't be I mean, as mentally the, taxing. The film industry is full of people doing what they love, what they love. And they're miserable. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, not they're, wrong. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like this is the, if I can ask, like, before I die, if I can say that like I've made my living being like an auteur, being somebody that has like made movies for a living, and that's all I've been able to do, like, that's a blessing. But I know that that journey is going to be one of the most stressful journeys of my life, like of my life. Some of the most like the the most potent anxiety I've ever felt has been on like sets yeah. and like stuff like that. You know yep. what I mean? And it's just like we're all here because we love it. But it's also at the same time one of the most high pressured things we've ever done is it's like you gotta it comes with that right you know what I mean it's and it's weird that it does because I just wish sometimes that we would all just kind of like take a breath and just realize that like this is all make believe and it's fun but it's like oh it's also millions of dollars and it's like you better not get this shit wrong well, and right. a lot of people a lot of people who aren't in the business or aren't so passionate about it that they're researching what's going on behind the scenes and all the you know the, in, the more inside baseball yeah. stuff. A lot of people don't realize how insane, how impossible it is to make a movie at all, let alone <laughs> yeah. one that is watchable, yeah. let alone one that is uh, quote unquote good. It is one of the most and good imp- for everybody involved. Right. Oh, that that's even more impossible <laughs> like, to make sure no one on your set's unhappy. Uh, but no, like it's it's one of the most impossible things. That, that there ev- is, that there is, yeah. And everybody has to commit one hundred percent. Everybody has to be working their asses off so you can make your days, so you can your budget doesn't get overextended. All of it, it is insanely, insanely hard. So yeah, like you're saying, you you would get to do hopefully what you love in those situations, but you're gonna be busting your ass harder than anybody who's not literally doing a manual labor job and on a film set you may in fact be doing a manual labor job that is true yeah but it's also rewarding <laughs> I mean, I, that's the idea right? right yeah so going back to what you were saying about how um you you liked releasing this thing because it's it's a benchmark to show how far you you've come absolutely um i think that that's also because another thing that i feel like gets in a lot of people's way is that uh, they want to be able to have their first thing be perfect. Yeah. Um, and that's a big barrier because it's it's the gap that Ira Glass talks about, that like your mm. taste is so much uh, greater than your skill when you're first starting out. This and it's hard true. to get over that, that bridge or like start building that bridge to meet what you want it to be. And so I like that you have like you're about setting those expectations and that like I'm going to create this content it may not be like Jurassic Park but it's it's the the best of what I'm capable of right now mm-hmm. and the next thing will be the best I'm capable of then right. and it's going to keep growing because as you're creating you keep getting better which circles back to why I started with mockumentaries the easiest way to begin the yeah. easiest way to begin um and so like I think that that is something that people can take away in that like I think that you have to be okay with with 
the process of growing. Mm -hmm. It's an uncomfortable process. Uh, there are times you're going to hate everything that you make. Yeah. Uh, but then you'll look back and be like, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. And I'm, I've come so far. Yeah. I'm at that point now where it's like, I don't, I don't watch the show. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you saw, you saw the whole thing many, many I've times seen while you guys were cutting it several together. times. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm also just at this point where it's like, I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'd like to distance myself from it for a couple of weeks before I get back to like doing the work to get people to see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, you, you go through that. Like you go through these, you know, I just, just, just embrace the whole spectrum of, of your ideas and you know what I mean? Embrace the whole spectrum of how you feel when you, when you work towards them. Yeah. You know, that's my advice. Yeah, motherfuckers, don't be afraid to. It's to rewarding, get, like Tara yeah. says, and that's super rewarding. Man. And and you know, on top of that, there are going to be a lot of instances, a lot of experiences that feel very much like failures. Yeah. But you will look back if you if you persist, if you keep pushing through. Eventually, you're going to look back and you're going to say those were the experiences that taught me the most valuable yeah. lessons. Yeah. Um. I don't. I've, all right. So I've totally like the part, the pitch part. Like went over my head because I thought we were still talking about. <laughs> I thought we were still talking about what we do in the shadows, but like what I wanted to mention during the pitch part is that what I was trying to do for this show is I was trying to make something that felt like Atlanta meets Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay, you know what I mean? Because I've loved, I you know I used to I I grew up overseas, um, so I I I know about people like Chris Lilly and like um and Ricky Gervais and like all of the stuff that they used to do in England and in Australia. And they were, they're very like mockumentary centric, um, creators. And so I've, I've always been kind of tuned to that, but I've never really like seen a mockumentary with like a whole lot of black people in it. You know what I mean? I've never really seen, it's always been like dry humor with like white people and shit like that. And right. Like, yeah. Then you have like JB smooth in Kirby enthusiasm, but he's just kind of like, He's like the black guy in that show, you know what I mean? And so I wanted to see something, and then and then and then Atlanta came out, right? And then like that show felt like uh, it felt like straight FUBU, like for us by us type shit, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's just like I wanted to kind of bridge the gap between those two ideals by like making I don't want to say a black mockumentary, but just like making a mockumentary series that has that same kind of dry humor, that has that same kind of like just like deadpan quality to it with just a little bit more black faces in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, that's what I was trying to do with that. And, um, I feel like we did it. I feel like episode three is really like the kind of apex of what we were trying to do. And you mentioned the, the final episode with just like the nature of like the characters and stuff like that. But yeah. like, as far as like tone and like achieving that tone that I was really going for, I feel like three really nails it. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was doing for that. And that's what I would have mentioned had I known we were in the, <laughs> the pitch portion of this conversation. You'd think I'd know how this works by now. I've been here four times. I mean, it's new, bro. Like, <laughs> like we're, we're just we're constantly changing. <laughs> um, but it could be like if we if we were a radio show, right? It could just be like one of those like re-intros when they come back from the ad breaks. Like if you're just joining us, we're talking to Malik McRae about the People's Collective. Malik, give it, give the audience, catch them up. What, what are, where are we at? Right. So yeah, that's what I was going for. Um, 
So I, it's funny because I mentioned this to a friend of mine that I showed it to, and I was like, he was like, yeah, I'm going for it. I was like, I'm going for Atlanta meets Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was like, huh, I don't see it. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's cool. But um, no, it's it's not like, but if you look at like what we do with Nightmare's character and like how we try to like lean a little bit on the uh, on the surreality of him showing up and stuff like that, like that's what I drew from from that. So it's not a direct, it's not like Atlanta at all, but it, it is a, it is like a, very grounded tale of just and the the characters like we're not acting like that's really who we are in those right. in, the, in that series like we're like EQ is a very earnest big dreamer nightmare does not talk <laughs> he is a very random person but super loyal will show up if you call on him um drake is probably the most like drake's character is probably the most different from how he really is he's obviously not a drug addict <laughs> uh, but and he, it's so funny listening to him talk about that show because he's very adamant on like making people understand it. Like we are playing wildly different versions of ourselves, and then like he really wants to like get that point across. It's like this is not really me, um, but no. Um, so Drake's probably the most uh, unlike his uh, character in the show, but um, e- but even some of his little like quips and you know. Um, what's the word I'm going for? Um, like mannerisms, mannerisms and stuff like that yeah. make make it to the show. So it's 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 been a labor of love, man, and it's just been my ode to that mockumentary genre. I've I've been very uh, grateful to have you know been able to do it. I'm happy that it's finished. I'm happy that I've you know started out to do you know a full season of like five episodes, and I know that like British TV usually like a whole season will be like four or five episodes. So I was going for that. Um, but yeah, I'm just, you know, super excited about the future. I'd love to continue to grow it. Um, but yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, (laughs) so like, what are the next steps for the people's collective now that the show's Uh, over? Interesting. Well, now that the the show is over, um, the first season, now that the first season is over, we're not going to say the show is over. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) now that the first season is over, uh, the next few steps is about just continuing to uh, brand ourselves as a collective and more importantly, as a service for hire, because we are that first and foremost, like the goal is to be able to live off of our craft. And in order to do that, we want to be able to provide services for people uh, in the form of whatever you need, music videos. We're actually in development on a couple of music videos with some artists right now. Uh, we are also we also produce YouTube videos for YouTubers um, and influencers and things like that. Uh, EQ is an audio engineer, so he makes beats and he's always in the studio with people. Uh, Drake uh, designs video games, so the idea is to just continue to further brand ourselves in what we do. I'm going to be writing the second season. I I turned 30 in July. So I'd like to get the boys up to Vegas to kind of do some shooting up there for episode one of the season of the second season. Okay. I'd love to do a Vegas kind of big thing for season two. Something that we sit on. Like I don't plan on releasing the second season anytime this year, but I'd love to have a more just produced second season, Mm -hmm. you know, with a sound guy. Um, better structured scripts, some locations and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'd love to do that. 
Um, and I would just, I don't know. I'm, I just, we have a lot of irons in the fire right now. We have the people's collective podcast. We have, uh, another development, another show that we're trying to develop that deals with like cannabis culture and stuff like that. So the idea is to just continue to, uh, formulate everything while gestating on these ideas, these larger ideas that we have and putting our hats in the ring as services for hire. So one of those three things, I mean, we're going to continue to do, you know, one of those three things in, you know, connection to each other. And then hopefully something will stick, something will pop and it'll just kind of take us to the level that we're trying to get to. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at this point, it's just all about content. Because it's like, how, can you tell me how many episodes of the Missing Out podcast you've done? This will be episode 88. This will be episode 88. And we've only done, uh, this will be our sixth episode today, which I'm actually not there for. I missed our I missed our sixth episode to be here today. So you guys should be very... Good choice. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah. yeah. Tari was on our on, on our uh, show a couple of weeks ago, and he, he really showed us how wrong we're doing everything. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, thank you for that, because we would have just been like blind in the dark if you hadn't showed up. <laughs> but um, no, so this is six to your 88. So we just want to be able to get to 88 and get and see what 88 brings us and yeah. see what, uh, you know, what life will be like by then and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's just about um, as boring as it sounds. It's about just continuing to do a lot of the same. I mean, it's not boring. It's literally what we were just talking about, going through that process. <laughs> you have to. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can't, you have to, it, it sounds boring, man. It's not, you know, it's not, there's nothing lively about what I'm talking about. It's very mundane, but it's, it's moving towards a lifestyle that hopefully will be, you know, everything and more. Yeah. I get that. I mean, yeah, yeah you're trying to make a living doing yeah. creative, which yeah is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Um, and that requires you guys like do the hustle, you know, yeah, you, you got to hustle. You got to reach out to people. You, you do the daily work. You, yep. you do things that you are passionate about and you yep. do things that are just for money. Like yeah. that's what it is to live as a person in any industry. Um, and we're, um, we're all doing versions of that. So, but yeah. 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 So, uh, guys, we are we're about out of time. Do you have any thought? Last thoughts yeah. about? Yeah, yes. I just want to say, uh, Lex Michael is in the show. Yeah, we really. And we, we've, if, if that was the lead, we definitely buried it. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm there. I'm in, <laughs> Lex uh, Michael, and I want you. And he hasn't seen the fifth episode, so don't spoil it for him. But I want you to watch it because there's a surprise in it for you. Um, and uh, but yeah, Lex, I want to just say thank you to Lex, man, because. Lex, little do people know that Lex was the cameraman on the first episode. So he was very instrumental in just getting this done. And it was his phone was the one of the first phones that I started to hit when it when it came time to start calling in favors. And it, I I didn't stop hitting his phone. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, Lex, for being a part of that. And no, um, that was my pleasure. And thank you sir. for fighting because his character was initially never going to talk. <laughs> And I was like, have you met me, sir? <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I love characters that, like, don't talk because I think that they're more compelling to, like, write about and, like, to convey on on camera because it's like, what can you do without words? But he fought for his line in episode three and it ended up being one of the funniest lines in the show. So thank you. I, I'm not always right. 
<laughs> so thank That's you. The moral uh, I, of this whole episode. Uh, yeah. I, on the other hand, am always right. But yeah, no, it's it's great. It's really funny. And if you don't watch it for me, watch Lex in it because he's great. Oh, thank you, he's sir. Great. No, I had I had a huge amount of fun, and it was great just being there with everybody, uh, yeah. getting to meet some folks, yeah. getting to spend time with some folks that I knew. Right. Uh, super fun, man. Like anytime. We're gonna get Tari in there season two. Hell yeah. I'll be a dumb IT guy. I'll be like, hey guys, um, you need to set up your stupid computers. Because you've been doing it wrong this whole time. I want, I, want, I want you to cast Tari as a mob boss. I want Tari to play, because Tari's a nice of, guy. I want him to play type? Yeah, aggressively against Can you like, do that? Uh, yes. Oh, I can't. I have, there's, a co- there's a video in college of me being somewhat of a, like a mob bossy type dude. Mm. I murder someone. I call someone insignificant little shits is this it's good times i don't know there's, there's always a video in what, do I, what do i google tari miller murdering person <laughs> yeah this is before youtube existed so Ooh. i don't know hmm. it's on someone's hard drive that doesn't connect to their computer anymore <laughs> all right well I, that's what i want to see i want to see you play heavily against type okay totally well, thank you guys for having me again it's always a pleasure coming back here i love it love coming back no, we uh, we appreciate you coming back. Um, you always talk about such fun things, hey. um, and we we hope people check out the show. Yes, let me employ um, one of your listeners to just search People's Collective on YouTube, give it a watch, and just be like, "Hey, missing out brought me here." Let me know. <laughs> Say that um, in the comments. We will we'll put a link uh, in the description so you can just click it from your phones. Um, but and we'll also link to the. Uh, people's collective podcast as well um we were on that uh at some point yeah Yeah. we did that Um, a minute ago which was also a ton of fun that was our biggest show to date so yeah oh nice yeah um so guys make sure you check it out um until then where can people find you you can find me on instagram at spike leak spike lee with a k at the end it's pretty much it i do not have a twitter don't think i'm ever gonna get one um, but yeah, and also the People's Collective online, the Collective on IG, and uh, yeah, just keep a lookout for stuff. Thanks again for listening and tuning into the show. I had a great time making it. Taika, if you're listening, if you're the man. Is. You are the man. Uh, let's work together soon. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to. My, oh, and another goal is I'm gonna try to send him the first season of the show somehow. So we'll see. We'll see about that. Okay, I think he does have Twitter. So maybe maybe you're gonna have to like make a people's collective Twitter just to send it just to him. Just to slide just it send over it to him, him. Like, in yeah. his DMs, and like three months later, you get a DM back. Who is this? Right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Lex, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Also, this week I had the opportunity to guest on the Ships in the Night podcast, Ooh. hosted by Zach Wilson and Greg Goodness. The premise of the show is they take fictional characters from disparate corners of the media landscape, and we put them together, try to come up with a meet cute and a relationship story, and then we ask, do we ship it the the this week i had a huge amount of fun talking about shipping ash williams from the evil dead franchise with ash ketchum from the pokemon franchise if you grew up with pokemon very upsetting story and also uh we shipped the uh starbucks mermaid with captain morgan and in the third segment of the show we try to find a love match for the collector from the marvel movies did did he find her at sea 
I, I can't spoil the story. Oh, you have to listen. I got to listen. Tune in to the Tips like, of the Night podcast. Uh, cool, cool show. Uh, I like those guys a bunch. And yes, they, they invited me to come play. So check that out this week. Amazing. Awesome. Uh, you can find me at Tari J, T-A-R-I-J-A-Y on Instagram and Twitter. But most importantly, you can find this podcast at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T on Instagram and Twitter as well. I'm always uh, Missing Outcast. Hell yeah. Uh, this has been the retrospective <laughs> that is introspective. And now you have a new perspective. Luckily, we have this new app. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Laserfair. You, do you want to pay for your laser sounds? Just use Laserfair. <laughs> <laughs> also, someone tell me if Stumble Upon is still a thing. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just called Google now. <laughs> it's just Google. Yeah, it's feeling lucky. <laughs>